It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans and this is happy hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than that, we're all New Orleans in a bar too. We're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is a couple of blocks down from Napoleon Avenue. And uh, they have a th- no, they have a four-hour happy hour here every day. It used to be three hours, and they added an hour to it. From three to seven, you can get half-price drinks. Check that out. Laura, what do you think of that? I think that sounds great. Thank you. Half-price <laughs> drinks and uh, appetizers are all half-price as well. From four to seven at Wayfair on Ferret Street. If you'd just like to hang out for the next hour, we're going to be here for 60 minutes, hanging out, having a few drinks as well. I'm Grant Morris, as I mentioned, and these are my fabulous guests sitting around the table. The other Cajun Jew is here. I Alex Bowen. How's it going? We had the first Cajun Jew from Live Nation yes. a few weeks ago. <laughs> Alex Rosen. Alex Rosen. <clears throat> and so I said to her, are there any other Cajun Jews in New Orleans? And she said, yes, there is one more, and I work with them, and his name is also Alex. And we went to the same high school and didn't know each other. How weird is that? Pretty strange. That is totally strange. Yeah. You went to the same high school in Lafayette. In Lafayette, Louisiana, St. Thomas More. God's Servants First. Shout out. God's Servants First. That <laughs> yeah. was the name of the, the slogan of the school? Yeah, that was the, uh, the motto, if you will. God's Servants First. Yeah. And Vince Ebuyer is here from Spy Lights. Vince, hey, what's did, up, what Grant? school did you go to? Oh, what school didn't I go to? No, I mean, <laughs> I, high school I went to. Uh, high school I went to Crescent City Baptist, E. Cole Classique, Curtis, Grace King. Did any of them have a slogan? Uh, not really. I don't, I don't remember having a slogan. I don't really, we weren't Ro- that cool. Roman Dufart is here from Spy Lights as well. He's a guitar player in Spy Lights. Roman, would, what school did you go to? What's a Brother Martin High? And what's were their slogan? I, I couldn't tell you there was no, a slogan. <laughs> Laura Sanders yeah. is here too, Laura. Yes, Hi, hello. how are you doing? I'm great. Laura's a comedian. It's true. So can you say something funny to kick off things? I mean, I think I'll say several funny things throughout the As hour. we go, but you can't think of I mean, do, you I have think a, do you have a kickoff joke? Like anyone here from I, out of town or anything like I that? I think if people want like a solid bit, they can just buy my album. The album is called... <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. That was called... Oh, oh God, God, Please Like Me. Oh, God, Please Like Me. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's close to your school. <laughs> yeah. Which is God's children. God's servants first. God's servants first. God's servants first. That's so first. catchy. God yeah. like me. <laughs> God's servants first. What does that mean, I wonder? First, what? I was, I was uh, the only Jewish student during my time there, so I didn't pay too much attention. So the other Cajun Jew went there after you? Yes. So you're older than her. Even I am. It's funny you should mention age, because the first uh, thing in your bio that they sent me, it says Alex Bowen is the youngest senior talent buyer in Live Nation Entertainment's club and theater division. Yes. That's the best thing they can say about you. I know. That's, uh, that's, Isn't that's that it. weird? It's a little strange. I thought so too. What did you think? It's the first thing that lead off the company like, says yeah, Live Nation, one of the biggest companies in the country, has says about one of their talent buyers is that he's the youngest, not the best looking or no. the tallest or the smartest or the most effective, but the youngest. So how old? <laughs> how old are the other guys? Uh, most of the other guys are uh, there's two that are in, like 39 and everyone else is you know older 40s 50s well how how old are you i'm 32 32 that's not that young is it i'm definitely not i'm <laughs> is it? gray hair is coming I'm in strong exactly i'm, I'm balding well. yeah. <laughs> you'd, you'd love yeah. to be 32 again wouldn't you i'm Laura? exactly 32 you are 32 yes. right now yeah we're exactly. both in the grave yeah. come on you got one <laughs> foot on a banana skin here so what school did you go to laura i went to notre dame academy which is in toledo ohio in toledo so ohio to and did it have a slogan uh Women of Vision. Oh, so it did? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I have to write that one down too. God's servants first and then women of vision. Do you know what that one meant? 
I mean, I think just looking forward women. Was it only a girls' school? Yes, luckily. It wasn't like we hate the boys here. It was just an all-girls school. But it was, a girl, it was an all-girls school. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it makes sense. It would be much sense. better if they were guys as well. I would love it if they're just like women of vision, men of yeah. they go here. Right. And that's it. <laughs> so when did you realize you were funny? Oh, I mean, I like to think I knew my whole life, but I started doing it professionally out of college. But were you like so. a class clown in the... No, I was a theater kid. I was like a speech team nerd. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. debate? Yeah, but like not debate not like the really good intelligent stuff like debate like impromptu speaking and little acting things really yes we didn't have that at our school did you have that at your school Alex oh uh, yeah God's we did children, speech servants. team we, we did have speech team I, uh, were you I in that no I was in they did bowling bowling team oh You're I always want to do bowling yeah senior year they added that I was like okay you're gonna go get to bowl every other day for free Sweet. Okay. what's yeah. the highest you ever bowled uh, like a 188 okay nothing, that's nothing crazy that's high What's your top score then, Laura? I think once I got 112, and it, like once as yeah. a child, and I've never gone Vince, back you a over 100. Uh, I love the bowl. <laughs> I haven't bowled in forever, but I, I, I think 100. Remember. I think 100 is, would be good. Yeah, myself, 100. Oh, yeah, you break triple digits. Yeah, yeah, I used oh, to actually bowl in a league, but not uh-huh. for school. Uh-huh. But I, I was had like a 135 average. So, dude, you're good, Alex. Especially for Jews, don't expect them to be good sports. Especially, yeah, bowling. Right. It's not a Jewish sport. Yeah. I don't know what it is as far as like what ethnicity is good at bowling. Or where it comes from as far as like culturally. I don't know what bowling is. That's why C-Rock will tell you that in just one minute. Where does bowling come from? I'd say it's Greek. Guys that like to drink beer and drink cigarettes. I'd say Greek. Like yeah. the Greek gods, just it's probably an Olympic sport. We just didn't know about it. <laughs> Bowling, mm-hmm. yeah. So, how many Jews in Lafayette are there? I think I asked the other Cajun uh, Jew. There's that about like didn't... thirty families. Um, thirty families, and how could you not have known the Rosen family? Um, I, I think, if I recall correctly, Alex is half Jewish, whereas uh, you're the I, real deal. Yeah, I'm real deal. <laughs> so Bar mitzvah confirmed. The whole thing. Oh, I got my star of David on. Yeah, you have it on right now. Oh yeah, you do really. Yeah, I see you're seriously Jewish. You take it seriously. Yeah. So where are we now in the Jewish calendar? It's some, just after... 57-something. Right. But what time of the year? is like past Yom Kippur and now we're up to... Uh, well, what's I, next? I believe... Uh, Christmas. Hanukkah. Oh, yeah. Hanukkah is going to be always a good right. time. My mom so, usually tells me what I have to do. So that's what someone in the family has to be responsible. So what Absolutely. was it like growing up Jewish in Lafayette when everyone's mostly Catholic and conservative, pretty much? Uh, you know, it was it was different. That's for sure. Did you feel like an outsider? Um, In a way, but it was in a good way. Because I, I was like... These people, they don't get it. <laughs> what don't they get? Exactly. Uh, I mean, I just felt like, you know, it's, obviously it's different views. We, you know, believe in the Old Testament. Um, you know, so I, I just had a different outlook than everyone. Did you believe in it then? Uh, yeah. So yeah. you took it seriously and you thought everybody else was wrong and you were, I mean, I didn't, you were the I one guy that was right. I didn't necessarily think they were wrong. I just thought I had an enlightened opinion. And what, what everybody else must be wrong, surely. Though. Yeah, I guess you could say that. That's an interesting thought as a kid. Most kids would think, I think, that they would think they were the odd one out and everybody else was right and you were the freak. You know, why do I have to be Jewish? Because I'm the freak. I got Christmas and Hanukkah, so I thought I was pretty special. And did you get to not have to go to, like, Bible class or anything? Uh, no, I took religion in high school. You did? I did. Okay. Yeah, I had to go see The Passion of the Christ with the whole school. And what did oh, you think? It was a great movie. Did you see that, Laura? Yeah, I, kinda, I knew how it was going to end, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Okay, so now you're the talent buyer. At the House of Blues, um, and are you? And well, so my coworker David David Magazine, he's taking over uh, House of Blues for the most part, and then um, so Michelle. What, 
Or go ahead. So what are you going to be doing? Uh, so I'm focusing on the Fillmore and our third-party stuff, which is, you know, shows at Sanger. Uh, we just had Kevin Gates at the Baton Rouge River Center. And, uh, you know. Just so you're the guy who books bands. Yeah. So do you know these guys are in a band, Spy Lights? Uh, that's, that's what I hear. Yeah. So I'm going to have them play a couple of songs as an audition for you. And if that works awesome. out, can you just book anyone audition. you want? Um, if it's going to make money, potentially, yeah. Yeah, but is there a, is there a formula? Like, they have to have a record out and they have to have sold out a number of places already? Or? I mean, there's a, there's a formula for, you know, bands to go on tour and touring cycles. Um, you know, I've managed a handful of bands, uh, which, you know, I, that's my passion now. I don't really have time to dabble in that world. But, um, you know, as far as, like, on a local level, yeah, it's, you know, selling out a place like Gossa Gossa before you go to a place like One Eye Jacks or before you go to somewhere like us, and basically you're building up your story. But to get the Fillmore, which is our new, brand new event space in yeah, there's Harris a, Casino. Oh, not in Harris Casino. On it's top not in Harris Casino. Top, yeah. Oh, we have to make sure that we don't say it's in Harris Casino. Is that part of the deal? Uh, well, not necessarily. It's just we, you know. It is in Harris Casino. Well, we leased the property from Caesars. Um, so okay, so it's nothing floor, to do with Harris Casino. Other than us leasing the second floor of their building now. Okay. So can you walk through the casino to get to it? Uh, there is like a, v a VIP entrance, but we have our own stairwell. We have our own box okay. office, which is why we're able to go all ages. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it's not connected to Harris Casino in any way other than it's in the same building? Other than it being, yeah, on top of... Oh, that's interesting and confusing. Yeah. So, you know, it's been... Uh, we've had to do a little, you know, education. Yeah, right. Okay, so so the um, the first bet that's coming is Duran Duran. Uh, they're actually the second band. Who's the first? Um, Two Nights of the Foo Fighters. Oh, it's the Foo Fighters. Right, 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 right. The Foo Fighters are sold out. Yeah. And is Duran Duran sold out? Uh, the first night, um, we're almost sold out, and then we just announced the second night, and that's selling really well. Um, yeah. And then we just announced Coheed and Cambria, which is actually now the day before. I'll be there. Yep. You've got tickets already? Oh, I'm getting them Friday when yeah, they go on sale. <laughs> All right. Exciting. Well, I might have, have a pre-sale code I can hook you up with. Oh, yes, oh, you know it. I'm yeah. a huge Coheed fan. Massive, okay. massive. Don't okay. you feel yeah. he has the most like voice-to-body ratio difference of any There's man you've ever seen? There's something about like, Claudio to me that is just so different than most singers. Like, A, it's when you hear him, you know who it is. Oh, yeah. B, um, he's obviously not afraid to be a little bit different. And the way he curves his words is, uh, I'm a big fan of Daryl Palumbo from Glassjaw as well. And the way that he curves his words, he just throws them correctly. And he, he knows when to be soft and pretty, and he knows when to belt. And I've always been a fan of Coheed. Yeah. Well, you're a singer as well, so you're, not, you're paying yes. attention to all this kind of stuff. Everything, especially vocalists. It's the first thing I hear really when I listen to music. But It's, it's the lyrics or the way the lyrics are delivered? Both. It can't really? be just one or the other. It's incomplete if not, you know. Like right. you could be saying absolutely nothing and singing them in perfect pitch with with good technique, and doesn't really do anything for me. But if I or vice versa, you could be singing them horrible. But if I like what you're saying and I, I like your energy behind it, then I'm sold. Okay, it doesn't have to be like perfect, you know. It just has to be real. Well, do you guys have vocal pet peeves? Like when you hear a singer do a certain thing, you're like, okay, shut it down. I can't listen to this person anymore. Yeah, yeah. I guess it all it all goes <laughs> back to technique for me. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that everybody's perfect and everybody's got to roll with their own voice and how they sing, not try to be like anybody else. But there's a couple of things that get me. Well, like when if singers are a little too nasally, if they're not singing with proper technique and they're, it, it sounds a little bit, you know, uh, bundled up in there, it, that kind of gets me. Or if someone's not opening their mouth when they're singing and they're hmm. trying to like, you know, like they're a ventriloquist singing, it, it, you know, 
You have one, Laura. You sound like you have a pet. This isn't a pet peeve, but it's just something I noticed that every singer... I was, like, really into emotional singer-songwriters in high school, as every girl that graduated in 2004 high school was. Uh, and there's, like, a thing like the sexy inhale that singers do where they like take a break in the middle of song they close their eyes and they inhale really hard into the oh, microphone yeah. and that's something like as a high school student I was like oh my gosh she's so emotional and now I'm like ooh that's cheesy and <laughs> I can always hear it um, I f- like Jack Johnson it comes to mind as like the Jackson man like just he does a lot of the like or like Jason Mraz they do a lot of the like girl let me pause for a minute and breathe in you and yeah. that's yeah. very yeah he, al- he also uses a lot of percussive elements on his guitar while he's playing it's so awesome Jack Johnson yeah. is the man when it comes yeah. to that type of stuff yeah what's I, your pet peeve Alex uh, the high pitched uh, emo kind of thing I was the voice breaking type oh, I, I, I swear to god I told you now you just hit the nail on the like that yeah. the prepubescent <laughs> I'm mad at my I'm mad at you dad yeah. voice like, 100% spot on <laughs> okay hey Vince what about playing a song for us then okay we'll try okay. and make it not, not too okay, emo because this is an audition after all so tell <laughs> us something about Spylights because Spylights is the new band and then also after we finish the song you have to come back and tell us about this new project that you've got. Which I would is love to. I would absolutely be What's the to. name of the company? Uh, Give It Hell Promotions. Give It Hell Promotions. Yes, I'm a This is sort of in your wheelhouse as well. We're yeah. a 501c3 nonprofit, and we just basically uh, help local bands out by booking tour and acts, and we do artist development where bands need it the most. You All know, right. We'll get on to that after the song, but first of all, tell us something a little bit about Spylights. So Spylights is your new band. After I broke up, after I got out of the Scorsese's... Can you guys um, smell that, by the way? Is something on fire? It's delicious. What is that? Maybe I'm just hungry. Is it a fire? They turned the heat on. It's the heater. It's that central heat. Ah. But after after Scorsese's disbanded, I ended up spending like three years writing nothing but songs after song after song after song. I probably got about 40 in the bank already, and I'm still writing every day. And uh, just as of recent, I've gotten a full band full of members. It was like searching for people that weren't there for a year. It felt like two years. And now we finally have a team. And uh, we got four songs down, almost five. We're, we're ready to start opening shows soon enough, probably January or February, because I'm not going to do it until we're super tight. You know? Okay, so this is a, sort of a preview. Yeah, and this is a song kind of about uh, how society and the world's viewing things today and how uh, love needs to take precedence. All right, what's it called? All right. I wish that I could slow down the whirlwind of pain outside Of my front door every day If there was another way I'd shout it to the top of my lungs Directly into the flames of hate The only way to combat ignorance Is to look inside the mirror and say Maybe it's me that has lost his way Then we could move on like a civilized human race Instead of letting the media control and fuck with your mind Cause we only have so much time before our wicks burn down to the base And all of our memories fade away You gotta love with every inch of your heart Be exactly who you are and say Everything you need to say 
and help all the good people you can along the way. And don't get frustrated at what you cannot change. Enjoy every single moment inside this house of pain, cause you feel everything. Please take it away. Please take, please take this away. Just give it away. Just give it away. I'm sure somebody needs it in some other place. Give yourself a holiday. Okay. Thank you, guys. Okay, well, Vince, what do you Thank call you. that song? Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> that's pretty good. People are clapping in the bar. Thank you. Okay, that's we've, that is very that's a good sign actually. <laughs> that is we've had people play. We had a guy play a trumpet here, and nobody even looked over. Oh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's probably because of the frequency of his blasting in their ear, not because so of the music. I would take that as a good sign, Vince, if people Thank like you. that in the bar. I appreciate that. What did you call that song? I'd like to know. That song is actually called "The Empath." It's uh, the title the track on the new EP that's going to be releasing this month. Okay. Now, Alex, you have to give us a professional opinion. I, I, I thought that was really good. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. Appreciate that. Means not a lot just saying that because he's no, just sitting there. No, not saying that. Like, I, was, I, was, I was sitting there engaged. I was like, man, it's really good. Yeah, it's a powerful performer. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome. Alex, you have to talk into oh, the microphone. Yeah, no, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. That means a lot coming from you, man. Yeah. So the Empath is the name of the new record. That's yes, yes. Okay. It's uh, based off, you know, I'm a very empathic person. And, Are you? Uh, you know, what does that actually mean? Yeah, I feel things, you know? Like, you no matter what's going on, whether it's in my immediate family, friend area, or it's just something that's, like, got my heart down, or it's something going on on the other side of the world, Some, you know, I feel things really strongly to the point where they get to me. They, they affect me. You can pick up stuff that's going on on the other side of the world. Like, if something good is happening, do you feel good? Yes, exactly. I say I feel wow. the same. I mean, I feel the same. If something good's going on, I feel that awesome, good feeling, but... I'm, a, I'm to the point where, like, you know, especially seeing with how social media drags things through the mud and people make up lies and everybody's mad at everybody all the time. And, and you know, it's more about appreciation for me. You know, like, you got to learn to appreciate. If you're if you're hating something or you're constantly uh, angry, you, you don't have time to look around and appreciate what you, you really have. But you if know? you're empathic and you're picking up people's good vibes, not just the bad stuff that's going right. on, Comes not just the ways. suffering. Yeah. That must be pretty fucking awesome. It is. It's great. Like Wouldn't I you love like to do that. I love when I look on Facebook and I see some dog that got rehabilitated and adopted and stuff, and I get a little happy tear from that, just like I get a, a little sad tear from something that's really stupid and shitty, and you know. Right. Do you so, think most people don't give a shit about that sort of thing? Uh, I'm not going to say most. I, I mean, I can't say that anybody I does I mean, or I scroll, doesn't. I scroll past those things <laughs> all the time. Most like, people, oh most, I guess it, it goes, it's what you're what you're shooting for and what 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 you know gets your boat 
uh, the thing with the guy you know? where he gets, sees the lion after 20 years and the lion remembers him or yeah, I mean, or I the dog that rescued the goose something like oh really I like feel good stuff you know yeah, I guess I in a world stuff. full of uh, you know you negativity like and cynicism you guys like that stuff I love an or unlikely animal friendship you do that's probably like not even if you feel good I just like a like yeah like a bear and a tiger being friends right. I'm, it's up my alley that's like primo procrastination Hell fuel yeah. for me Alex do you look at that kind of shit I mean like I'm a big fan of Air you know Oh yeah, Air yeah. Airbud. Air what is that? I don't even know what that is. You don't even. You, you gotta Wait, watch it. No. I don't even know what Golden it is. Golden Retriever dunks. Yeah. He can dunk. The, the dog that plays basketball. That's amazing basketball. It's like Air okay. Jordan, but it's a dog called Bud. Airbud. Airbud. Yeah. Airbud. Yeah. Air I have but never. He also heard plays this. other sports. He's real Michael Jordan of being. He really smoked me. Yeah. Yeah. Very talented. And here's the one thing. The my friend brought up this logic. My friend Michelle. That the the main reason he plays he plays basketball for a high school, and they're like, there's no rule against it except that he doesn't go to the school. The dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like that's my favorite argument. They're like, this no is, rule against it. Is this a TV it. show? It's a movie. It's a movie. I would love, it's real life. This happened. Oh, yeah. I thought this was something it's like on the Facebook. Rudy was outside. Movie. movie. No, okay. this is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was real. Definitely. Yeah, I want to say it's a documentary based on a yeah. true story. Based on a true story about a dog who plays. Uh, that sounds pretty good actually. It's like a stoner movie. I mean, I don't think it was. I think it was meant to be a family film, but really, really, really films yeah, really cool, translate. You know. Yeah, like yeah. the last Bimsy. That was meant to be a children's movie, and it's a pretty stoner movie. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. How much pot are you smoking over there at Live Nation? Uh, I don't smoke any pot actually. No, no. You have to give that up. I, I, it's not that. Now I you're mean, corporate America. It doesn't uh, work for me like it did in my younger days. You had to just. You just sort of gradually stop smoking. Uh, no, I just turned 25 and then stopped. Really? Yeah. Started uh, anytime I'd smoke, it'd be like you know. Wow. Worrying about why don't why don't I own a house? Why don't why don't I pay insurance? It's like real life stuff. It's and like okay, systems, this is yeah, cool. that's horrible. People's systems do change. I mean, yeah. you're, you're like well, I think the drugs work really well when you don't have anything to worry about. Probably. Yeah, so, I, I, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah, once you have issues, yeah, acid have, is the same thing. You have to stop doing acid at some point because things start looming up out of you. What about ayahuasca? Have you ever done that? I've never done ayahuasca. No. You guys ever thought about doing it? Oh, I've never done ayahuasca. Have you? It sounds yes, like you I have. put it yeah. in your drink. I've done some peyote. I've never done any ayahuasca. Peyote, that's meant to be good. I've never tried that either. That's good. Did you see any? Yeah, I had did a lot you of have fun. any revelations? There's an uh, empath no that re- must have fucked No up. revelations. I saw a lot of really cool things, and I did, uh, I did, I feel like afterwards, like the day afterwards, I felt like, I don't know, Shit. purged and clean. Oh, and really? My brain that? was right. Like, I, believe wow. it or not, I felt, I felt good about it. I feel good about it. But there it. aren't many things that you feel good the day after about. Right. Especially those kind of things. Hallucinogens the day after. You're like, what did I do? Where did I go? <laughs> well, that's good. Would you do it again? Uh, under the right circumstance, maybe so. What would the right circumstance be? How much? We I don't know. About? Hanging out with the Dalai Lama. Uh, maybe uh, Alex Alex hanging out he with us. He uh, you know. Yeah, the Dalai Lama is one of our listeners. He's a subscriber on Spotify. I guess it would just have to be, I'd have to be poked at the time and, and then jump from there. Right. Three days in Big Bend National Park. Ooh, oh, hey, we yeah. can't hear you, That's Tom. That's what I'm talking Okay, okay, call me. That would be call nice. Me. We'll do this. Hey, so Vince, <laughs> before it gets away on us, tell us about this organization you've started up. What's it called? Give It Hell Promotions. I'm a partner in a company called Give It Hell Promotions, and we're a nonprofit uh, promoter around the city. And uh, we also help with artist development on the, with the local bands. And uh, So what does that mean? You take people who are looking for help? Marketing and a stuff, lot of, and you give it to them for nothing? No, not really. I mean, uh, a lot of... We don't really charge for our help uh, in the scene. We just want to see. We want to see the betterment of the scene. So, you know, whether it comes to a band and logo not looking good, or them not having uh, proper merch, or them not uh, knowing the way to go about something, we're always there. Like, 
you know, if they need to call us, we, they need us to look so over a record so contract. Somebody they need us to really know about contracts. Anything. I mean, I, I'm not a, a genius on it, but what's the legal uh, implication? Legal? Uh, yeah, legal team. No, no, we're not doing that. But we will, like, you know, we will assist anybody with a, any local band that's hardworking and trying, and maybe they don't have the right uh, connections, or they don't have the, you know, somebody that can shoot a proper music video for them or design good artwork. What do you or, do? You hook it up for them. You shoot a music. We figure out the easiest way that we can um, put them in the position that they want to be in and give them a choice like if we're if we're doing something art wise we'll give them a choice between a couple of different artists or put them in touch with artists and tell them to you know take care of these guys they're they're a hard-working local band we'll do it well, i can't for, imagine that there's anyone listening to this who's in a band that wouldn't want to call you and get free shit i mean yeah i mean uh, we're frankly. we're just i've been doing this for a really long time you know I'm, I'm 40 years old now so um i'm just trying to take all the years of um excuse my french eating shit sandwiches and learning you know everything from you know uh, local shows to touring to how the business works and take some of those years and maybe help somebody else save them five seven eight mm. ten years you know by it's a cool thing to do. i've been I've, I've gotten a lot of information and a lot of advice from people in my life that told me one thing that totally rocked my world and then i just stuck with it from that point on and wish that someone would have told me that 10 right. years ago and yes. i didn't waste my time on it right because i mean it's discouraging as it is being in a band and playing shows and sometimes people don't show up and you know it's just it's, it's nice when i'm sorry it's really nice when um when uh, I guess you have the tools and to create a crowd and to build a crowd and know why. So can you do that? Can you get someone to show up? Can you get people to show up at a gig? You know how you to can do get that? anybody to show up at a gig. You know how to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's I, the secret? As good as possible. I it's mean, just social media or it's it's got to be organic. Or? For, in my opinion, I mean, it's got to be organic as well as um, social media. The people that just depend off social media, it's cool and it works. Don't get me wrong. You can target a certain demographic and you kind of know around about about who you're going for. But uh, you know, emails and texts and calls and um, and hey, mm. can you bring a couple of people out tonight or like some incentives for a show to be a show rather than just oh look at these guys show up in their work clothes and play the same seven songs they've been playing for right. eight months straight every day. It's got to be something a little bit more. It's got to make people right. go, wow, why did I miss that show? Why did I stay home? Damn it! That's something like, I would always preach to um, my clients when I was fully or solely focused on management. You know, play why play six shows in a month when you can play one show and you know every eight weeks and sell 400 tickets exactly. versus play the you know six shows and sell 50. you know i try not to tell anybody what to do too but you know it's science you can look up on any reference on any website top 10 things local bands do right. that is not good <laughs> and and <laughs> one of the biggest things is overplaying and it's like look it's fine if well, you that's interesting so you can play too much and you're saying the same you thing you can definitely Alex. play too much don't get me wrong when a band's starting off the in the evolution of it you got to play all you can you got to get out there and get a crowd but once you have that crowd and people follow you and people come out to all your shows right. if you're playing once a week five minutes away from each other uh that automatically gives them that choice oh honey we don't have to go tonight let's just wait and go mm. next week or the week after right. even or the week after that because they're playing four times this month exactly. you know? it's so got to be special how does it work in comedy Laura? I mean I think that audience members certainly can get burnt out and I feel like if you're following I feel like for the local scene people follow shows a lot more than they follow specific comedians and so th those are like a weekly a monthly and they'll go mm. out but 
there's definitely the oversaturation thing where you're like, oh, I can see this anytime, so I won't go out at all versus saying, like, this is one really special time, and then right. you get a huge crowd. And like, I'm not that's... saying that don't take an opportunity if it comes up and it's a great opportunity and it's not going to affect the other, but a lot of times, you know, when you're playing four times a month, it's not special for your okay. local crowd anymore. People who go to hear a band, they typically want to hear you play the songs they like when they know. But when you're a comedian, it's the opposite, I suppose. People don't want to hear you do the same thing again. Yeah, you get it's not people that, funny that are, the time. are repeat fans that they're like, oh, neat, I can recite the punchline word for word, and then you know <laughs> that you're a little stale and you need to write a little bit more. <laughs> so, But how does yeah. that work in a small market like New Orleans where there can't be that many people going out to hear comedy, or are there? I feel like there's a good crowd building, and there's a there's a website, 504comedy.com, that started to really like harness all the shows. So yeah. if someone wants to, on any random night, go check out a show, they're all, the city's not so big that your neighborhood is prohibitive of checking out anything in the city so I think also uh, the scene's gotten pretty creative with what type of shows there are so it's not just a classic stand-up showcase every time it's there's comedy game shows tonight I'm on a roast battle like there's just all sorts of things that keep it not just here are my 10 minutes that you've heard what's a roast battle Um, it's you make fun of the other person and you hopefully win Wow. So you get up there and disparage somebody else, and then they get up and disparage you. Correct. What do they say? You're fat and ugly? I don't know what they're going to say yet. I I haven't heard his jokes. I mean, if he says that, it's pretty unoriginal. I hope he's more creative. So so what are you going to say about him? You've got to find out tonight. I'm not going to spoil it. He could be watching this. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. And what else do you do? So is that a regular thing? Uh, yeah, that's uh, it's called the show's called Beefin and it's once a month and it's Beef different. Beefin, yeah, like you're, I like that. You're where is that? With the other person, it's at Hi Ho Lounge. Okay. Yeah. And where else do you work? Uh, I host an open mic every Monday night at Bear With Me Mike. Uh, it's at Twelve Mile Limit, and then just shows all over the city. And again, five hundred four comedy dot com is not just promoting me, but all the local comedians that are like really awesome. good. Awesome. I have yeah. to look them up. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's you know both of y'all uh, you know. What y'all were saying is basically you're building a community to where mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, the same people coming to hear the same thing. It's, you know, the community itself is building in what's actually driving it, which is kind of the same way it works in our world. Well, how do you feel then, Alex, when what you're doing is you're part of a gigantic machine? You're, I mean, Live Nation owns Ticketmaster. They own hundreds of clubs, like 200-something clubs around the world. Yeah. Are you free to actually try and build the local community like this? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we do. Um, you know, we, we have events like Mac and Cheese Fest where, you know, we're booking all local talent. All right. um, Nola Rocks. Yeah, we have Nola Rocks, which is a series that's, you know, been going on for quite a while. Um, and, you know, we also have the Music Forward Foundation where we're, you know, doing seminars with local marching bands and uh, other local musicians. That's great. That's so awesome. you have freedom within Live Nation to... Be yeah, low, no, be I mean, and, and, you know, they, they encourage that, um, you know, what just, we're not sending, you know, we're not booking a show with 40 other people and it's like, all right, guys, this is what it is. You right. know, it's uh, definitely not like that. If it was, Tipitina's uh, was doing like locals night on Fridays or something. They're homegrown. They, yeah. They're still doing that. I'm not sure. Do they? I thought I saw uh, Rathbone from the Scorsese went and played a homegrown night not too long ago. So I think they do. That was a pretty good thing if they're still doing it. That was free. Is Wayne Lee over there with you at Live Nation? Uh, no, no, Wayne. Um, oh. Yeah, Wayne left, and he's uh, oh, okay. he's now doing, I believe, uh, booking for some, like a riverboat that's starting to do. Oh, killer, shows. man! Yeah, because yeah. he used to always uh, be awesome to deal with over at Tipitina. Yeah, he that's was how man I actually there. met Wayne through Tipitina's. He'd book Earphone, Flow Drive, and a lot of George Porter stuff. Nice, dude. Yeah, that's there's awesome. a new um, there's a new riverboat like starting up as like a yeah. music venue. Yeah, and Wayne, that Wayne's uh, doing the booking for that. That's going to be pretty cool. 
actually. So you get to go on the boat, and the boat, does it take off? And you? I'm, I'm assuming so. You know, that, that's kind of what they did during the Jazz Fest late night stuff. Yeah. Um, the U.S. Well, that sounds like fun. Remember the president? As part of the Jazz Fest, you could go on the boat. Remember that? I don't. You might be too young. Yeah, I, I was about to say this might be. <laughs> we two. were all watching Air Bud. Yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> watching, watching Three Ninjas. And before that, before working at Live Nation, you were working at, at Hooker Entertainment? Um, so I, I worked at Hooker Entertainment uh, for two years and then left Hooker to start my own company with uh, a buddy. And we brought the Varsity Theater in Baton Rouge as one of our accounts. Um, we were also doing the booking for Soul Kitchen and Mobile. And nice. then um, we were managing the new Master Sounds, uh, George Porter. Zigaboo's uh, new project with George, which is Foundation of Funk, and then uh, we co-managed the original Meters reunion that they did. Oh, that's great! Wow, that's excellent. Yeah, it was. Uh, if, you know, if you told 16-year-old me I'd be co-managing the original Meters and we playing Sissy Shred, I wouldn't have believed you. So you were man- you managed the Meters for a while? I was co-managing them with Ken Sorrell, Yeah. Wow, that must have been interesting because they're pretty hard guys to wrangle, all of them, and their individual personalities, let alone together. I would say. Uh, you know. Uh, George Porter's wife, when I right when you know we started to get into it, she's like, "Baby, you're gonna. There's two things that's gonna happen before you're done with the meters. You're gonna have some gray hairs, and you're gonna be on anxiety medicate. I'm just giving <laughs> yeah. you the heads up. And uh, yeah, she wasn't too far off. Yeah, that was pretty stressful, I would imagine. Yeah, no, but it was you know it was a great experience, and uh, you know so grateful for the opportunity, and you know it's like living out a childhood dream and seeing oh, those guys, so. you know, yeah. play and together. You, and the hooker, are they still going? Uh, no, I, I'm. I, Pretty sure they uh, they're no longer operating right. after the uh, what, Pemberton fiasco. What was that? Uh, they tried to produce a f- festival in Canada um, and apparently it didn't go so well. And they lost a lot of money. Oh dear. Oh, that's yeah. Th- that sucks. Is it anything to do with being in Canada or was it just mismanagement? Um, bad luck. From what I've read online, it did, you know it just sounded like bad luck and uh, you know a lot of spending. Yeah, they did that show a couple times, I think. Uh, yeah, they canceled the third year um, right before, like a week before it was supposed to happen. Well, it's a pretty high-risk business putting on. Yeah, the show. festival business is, uh, it's super high-risk. Right. You know, you got to have a lot, of, a lot of capital. And what happens in your business? I mean, you, you can't go wrong with the Foo Fighters and Duran Duran and in the first couple of weeks. And then what happens after that? What's the stress level like in your job? Um, well, you know, I, what I, coming out of the gates, I you know I was tasked with booking 20, 20 shows um, for our announce, which you know, booking shows nine months out for artists that aren't necessarily touring. Wow. Um, you know, it was it was a difficult task, but you know, it. Uh, how do you? Can you tell us how you do that? I mean, just sort of walk us through the vague um, process. How do you get? How do you book a band? Well, I mean, it, it depends on the band, but ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out to an agent that I have a relationship with. Um, with ideas and seeing, you know, hey, are they touring? Are they looking at doing one-offs? So you pick a you pick a name of a band you like. Yeah. So basically, by, because we were so far out, like you know, it wasn't it wasn't like I was getting avails for uh, bands that were necessarily on touring cycles. It was like you you're know, just picking something out of the air. Like you know, it'd be great to have. Yeah. You know. This I, band. I, yeah. Like who? Uh, like Foo Fighters. You know, they're not touring. They're flying in to do just those two shows. And so you call up the Foo Fighters manager or agent. And say, hey, it'd be awesome if we get the Foo Fighters together and have them all fly down to New Orleans for a night. You call, yeah, call, I mean, call up their agent, put together an offer, talk to the team. Um, you know, the team believing in the proof of concept because it was something that hadn't been done before. And, you know, wait, wait eight weeks. Uh, and then, you know, got a call from the agent that it was going to get done. Wow. That's a beautiful call. Pretty oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great call. 
can you, you ever happy dance after you get a call like that? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I was, okay, I was, and then you set was, the phone down, and then no, I was, I was like, is this, is this serious? Like, I can go celebrate with my dad tonight and have a steak? Like, is it, it's hey, done, can you done? tell us? Steak serious? Is this, <laughs> is this like classified information? But how much would a band like the Foo Fighters get paid to play a night? At? Uh, I mean, honestly, it just you know it varies on. Uh, but would it be like? Is it a? Can you tell us? Can you give us a ballpark figure, or are you not allowed? To? I mean, you can do math. You know, we are uh, okay. Our, we, we sold eighteen hundred forty-nine tickets, or two sixty-nine fifty, and uh, two hundred, I believe, forty-three seats at three ninety-nine. I can't do that math. Can you, Laura? Are you good at math? I think more than we're getting paid for this podcast. Girls with vision, <laughs> women with vision. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the conception that oh, we're you know gonna make a million dollars on the show. It's like no, you know. Yeah, people don't don't know how much cost actually goes into the whole production of a show sometimes. It's yeah, just insane. You know, it's like, oh, Live Nation's going to make, you know, $900,000 and the Foo Fighters are going to make like a hundred, and it's just like, that's just not how the music business Security, operates. lights, people. Yeah, security, <laughs> lights, people, uh, rehearsals, you know. The space, whatever, yeah. Staff, uh, you know. Well, that's wow. a huge amount of expense. That's crazy. Just keeping the oh, lights yeah. on in a building, I'm sure, costs something, but... So we have no idea. Well, something like Jazz Fest, for example. Mm-hmm. How much would those bands get paid, like a big band at Jazz Fest? Um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to speak on Quinn's behalf, but I imagine his you headliners... You could. Just have a stat. Take a stat. I'm, I mean, I'm imagining he's paying his headliners, you know, between 750 to a million dollars, some higher than a million. High, you could get paid higher than a million dollars to show up at oh, Jazz yeah. Fest. Oh, yeah. And play for an hour and a half. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that are turning down, you know, over a million dollar offers because they, they don't need the money. Once you get to that point, it's... You, can kind of do whatever you want right like fish right yeah, yeah. so they, they pay fish over a million bucks to show. i guess it would I mean, be I worth it because look how many they, people are they pay fish but i mean if i had to guess i would say that's a pretty good chance would you book them um yeah if i had an opportunity to book fish at the fillmore i'd book them for a week okay and why couldn't you do it if you just pick up the phone and call because i mean fish can do whatever they want but maybe they want to do it I mean, it's, it's possible based on, you know. Can we send you a list of people we'd like? I could sure. I'd love more input, you know. Would you? I, really? Yeah, I'm constantly asking, you know. Okay, we're entire, going around the table. Staff. Laura, who would you most like to see at the Fillmore? I mean, locally, Sweet Crude. I would love to see them in any venue. Yeah, but they're not hard to book. They could just call them right now, probably, and get them, right? Well, good. They could probably. <laughs> One Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai. <laughs> I tried to I tried to get your miracle. Did you? Not yo oh, yeah. It's awesome. I applaud you for the effort. At yeah. Least. yeah. yeah. Well, what did he say? I don't want the money or he's not working at all, is he? Um he was doing the shows that he was gonna do this summer, um, based around his festivals and you know, the, that was it. He wasn't gonna be in the That's country. That's an unusual pick. Laura, you got another one? Oh Lizzo. I saw her for the first time live this year and she was incredible. Lizzo. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who that is. You know who that is, Vince? Oh uh, yeah, I've heard I've never heard, but I've heard of I've seen the name. Who is Lizzo? Uh, she is a artist out of, I think originally Minneapolis and then Texas, and she is does like she raps and sings and is just a badass. Okay. L I Z Z O. You know her? I am familiar. Yeah. So yeah. you have to listen to a lot of music. A <laughs> uh, ton of music. Okay. Yeah. Thomas, have you got someone who you want to see? Bring me a reunited Outcast. Outcast. That would be amazing. <laughs> I saw them a couple times. So good rocks. I mean, that would be amazing. Uh, you know, <laughs> we had them at Voodoo. Like two years ago. That was a great job. Great job. I saw him with Goody Mob twice at the State Palace. Theater. Okay. State Palace, man. Saw some good shows yeah, there. great shows there. <laughs> that used to be good at the State Palace. Oh, yeah. That were the good old days. Okay, so uh, who else are we? Oh, me? You've got Vince. Well, you've if got you got to ask me, I mean, old school? If we're going to go to an old school band? No, anyone. 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 Uh, Toto. 
Hundred percent. I, I want to. I want to hear all the deep cuts. So, matter of fact, I got really excited because they apparently have like a Sanger or a, no, one of the other theaters we have here in Alabama. Oh I'm not yeah, sh- Sanger Theater in Sanger, Alabama. And, and I got them. a notification. Oh, I saw a Toto at the Sanger and immediately went yes, going whatever. Right. And then I found out like a day later that it was in Alabama, and I was like, oh god, I'm <laughs> so crushed right isn't that now. Worth the trip to yeah, Alabama. It's not it, that would be, it would be. It would be. We've done some shows with the Sanger. It just creeped. Nice it crept up on the Sanger in Alabama. Definitely. Uh, yeah, Mobile. Yeah, Mobile. It's not that far. You, but you didn't I know, it. I know, but I was really excited to see him in my hometown. You don't understand. Toto. Really excited to I see him. I wouldn't be there. Is, is it the same band still, or is it just it's one the, guy? Well, um, um, Bobby, right? The, the, well, Bobby was the original singer for Toto, but he's, unfortunately, he's having, he has, you know, he, he left him in 86 so He's not or even in the like band. So it's not even the guy. It's, a Brian, it's a Brian Williams, who's actually the guy who did the Star Wars soundtrack, John Williams' son. Okay. You know the, too much about Toto. I have never Toto now. And they actually Toto. just put this out a 40th anniversary, 40 trips around the world CD, and recorded two brand new songs, and they're awesome. I just want a new record. I just they're they're still wow. awesome. They're still I think we met the world's biggest Toto. Fan. Yeah, yeah. 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 kind of blew my mind with your Toto yeah. facts. Alex, would, the, would you book them? I mean, is anyone going to go see Toto? They're at a casino band. I know that this no, one. No, no. Uh-uh. Toto would sell out that arena in two seconds. I will 100% disagree with you. Really? Yeah, in my opinion. Oh, dude, I feel like Well, your opinion is worth something because this is what you do for a living. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of bands people think would sell in an arena that don't. Okay, so what's wrong with Toto? How would you, nothing's how you, wrong with no, Toto. No, no, but I mean, no, I mean, financially, how would you know that? Um, it's it's kind of weird, you know. But as a talent buyer, you're, you know, you kind of learn by doing. Um, and, you know, at, at Live Nation, you know, there's information that we have available to us because right. of a database. So but beforehand, you, in an independent world, you know, you're... All you have access to is Polestar and like your gut, and it's kind of weird because eventually, after you're doing it for a couple of years, you just kind of know. Uh, so you just have a feeling that Toto would bomb. You I'm not saying it would bomb. I'm saying I it just Thomas has arena. got an idea. You name me one other thing besides. Dun, 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 dun. I'm saying I can name Rosanna, like I can name like 35 of them right now. I'm a music fan. Come on. Rosanna. That's I mean, really hold the line. Rosanna, uh, I'll be over you. I mean, that you could go off the singles and stuff like that. But just as a band with the discography like that and like that much talent, I would, I'd, I'd pay a hundred dollars a ticket with my yeah, eyes but, closed. But like it wasn't. But nothing. Alex says they're not. What do you think they would do? What do you think they would put in the arena? You think they'd fill it halfway up or three quarters? I think or? I think they could get close to selling the the Fillmore or more, it'd probably be more of an Orpheum show. Right. Seated, right I imagine because right. the demographics a little older. Right, right, right. And the new, and to be honest, the pop uh, culture resurgence of Toto because of Stranger Things, Africa, all that stuff is kind of big. Oh, yeah. Weezer's you know, worst song ever was a Toto cover. Yeah, they shouldn't have attempted that. <laughs> they're not the same band. Toto. I love my Weezer because they're Weezer. They're not Toto, though. Yeah. It's just a total different band. Mm, it is. And then okay. Toto chose to cover Hashpipe of all Weezer Which songs. Was like I was the worst cover. I was like, come on, give me My Name is Jonas or something cool. Exactly. Me, you know, Tired of Sex, something. You know, All right. Hey, listen, it's time for another song. Vince. Ooh, We're going like to make you Do you have a Toto cover? Yeah. Don't tempt me. I would. Africa. Not today. Play, please play Africa. <laughs> no, we I'm not do doing it. that. We can do it after. I, I refuse. I'll, I'll, we can do it I'm that Toto I'll fan. Wait, I refuse to play Africa. Because it's just cheap. It's like being the police. Oh, Roxanne? No, there's other songs. 
In translation, though, these are rock. Usually, you know, rocking songs. So we're just kind of taming them a little bit for the show. Where does Toto come from? What part of the country? Uh, I'm not sure exactly where they're from. I know Bobby. Bobby's from here originally. From here, the first singer. I love that you're on a first name basis. He was actually uh, he was actually a backup vocalist and 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 vocalist for Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross, and Ray Charles, and all kinds of people before he got that gig. He actually did a recording with uh, like Anders and Ivan and George Porter uh, for the Take Me to the River. I'm sure it killed. uh, He still got a voice like a son of a bitch, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so Alex, before you guys play the song, who would you most like to see? Seeing that you're the person who gets to actually book these and you can have it make a dream come true, who would I, I mean, in, in, a, in a fake universe, an Oasis reunion? That would Oasis. be. <laughs> okay. Only to, at the last song for the fist fight to bust out between the two brothers. I mean, we could sell the boxing, boxing match <laughs> right. next night. Dude, that's that would brilliant. Be. That is brilliant. But at some point, they will have to play together again. I mean, they don't need money. They, I mean, they made that much money in the yeah, three I mean, years of being famous. The good uh, they, were, they were famous for more than three years. But How long were they big for? I mean, it doesn't 90, seem like very long. 90, if I recall, uh, definitely maybe came out in 93, and they disbanded in 99. So six yeah. years. Like, I was off by three years. Yeah. So in six years, you can make enough money, or you could in the in, 90s. To never yeah. have to work again. In 1995, they threw their own festival. It was called Nebworth, and they uh, sold 270,000 tickets with them as a headliner. And as, if I recall correctly from the documentary, over 1.4 million people applied for tickets. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That is 7,000 person guest list, which I was just like, Jesus. <laughs> well, they must, be, they must have some pretty good sort of cash management and investments because that was a hell of a long time ago now. And it, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a lot. That's when you made money off of selling records, you know? Yeah, now, of course, you have to I play have to live. Now, yeah. you, you're the most important guy in town for a music, music business because you're not making any money any other way except playing live, right? Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd say the lawyers are pretty important, though, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That could be good advice for you and your company. Yeah. Give yeah. a hell promotion. Right Shout out Gangendorf and Provosi. <laughs> All right. Okay, guys, what are you playing? All right, this is a song uh, that's going to be on the debut EP. It's called False Walls. False walls. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. All right. When all the waves come crashing in, surrounding your feet, jump head first into the water. Swim towards your most honest belief. Because fear is the jaded opinion that is given by a frightened man. Who looks away as he speaks so confidently But will never truly understand That tomorrow you can die of cancer Or of a massive heart attack Your expedition could get cut short so quickly Of some of the most important acts Just like that So go run and tell the ones you love There's nothing more important than the pack Discover how to hush your demons With a pride manifested plague They'll rot away the eyes and ears and mouth Of all the cynical malaise Maybe we could find out some answers If we could just learn to spit out the fan Oh, existence is a childlike jester That just loves doing the juggling act 
just like that. You gotta fight the ugly days before they conquer in this life or death combat. Time doesn't slow down for cowards, so face the wrongs that you have done and open up your eyes instead directly through your strongest midday sun. Nothing left to outrun. So now you can. Turn the pages, change the script Dodge the flurried paper fists Cut the cord on all you love Burn its flesh down to the bone And remember The strongest fires are still turned to Even the strongest fires will turn into embers sometime. Even the strongest fires will turn into embers sometime. Sometime. Thank you guys. Wow. That's, pretty, that's pretty intense as well, that one. Appreciate it. And that is the words, false walls don't appear in the song at all. No, not at all. It's an interesting marketing concept. They're the main idea of the song, but, you know. Right. I've never heard anyone say that in a song, think that you could get cancer or have a massive heart attack. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Straight. It's true. Head on. It's about appreciation. If you don't appreciate what you got while it's here, then, you know, that type so of stuff So you're like happens. a sort of positive type. I try to God. be in a very negative world. I try to be as positive as possible, you know? When you hear the music, I mean, we just hear an acoustic version of it, but this is much more sort of a, what would you call it? It's, a, it's more aggressive. Yeah, it's a definitely right a rock word. song. They're definitely rock songs. Right. The first one was more of a ballad, uh, more of a trancey 90s alt ballad kind of. And, uh, you know, this one is... Uh, you don't hear much in the word more upbeat rock is what I'm getting at. Though. Yeah. Most I mean, rock is sort of like... Are you influenced by AFI at all? Uh, no, not really. My main influences, I guess, I mean, it doesn't may not, may not come out with my singing, but my main influence are definitely Queen and Toto and Maiden and um, Rush. Uh, I mean, uh, those bands kind of raised me. You okay. know, of course, with everybody else in New Orleans, Pantera and all the, all the metal bands and stuff like that growing up, but I kind of grew out of some of that stuff. You know? Yeah, right. I was just vocally reminded me of uh, Davey. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I take that as a compliment. That's a compliment, thank you. I, I would say, too. It means a lot. I also like Jimmy Eat World a lot. I grew up on Jimmy Eat World and at the drive-in and the good olds. And, you know. All right. At the drive-in. So good. Oh, God. How, Laura, how did you get inspired to be a stand-up comedian? Um, you, I, again, speech it? team kid. And then after I graduated high school and college, I was like, I can't really be a speech team kid forever. And so that's the version that you can be is you can just keep talking making people listen to you with a microphone i saw some a piece of video of you talking yes. about how you were a virgin until you were 23 that's and true <laughs> <laughs> but i i was watching that and i was thinking like what 
What compels you to get up in front of people and tell them that sort of thing? I mean, I think it's like it's the same reason that you have a podcast and the same reason people perform. It's connecting with people. Narcissism. And that's, I can't. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you think that's I, what's I like fun? a lot of attention and it's one of the healthiest ways I can get it. You like a lot of attention, but so you yeah. think the best way to get it is to divulge all this very personal stuff about it. I mean, I think I divulge what's funny about myself, and so I, a lot of times that's personal. There's not anything particularly funny about when you lost your virginity. And it, no, the in moment itself. it happened, it wasn't funny, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but in and of itself, none of these things are really funny. I mean, the way you say it is funny. The way you Yeah, but it's like framing human experience, just like writing a song or whatever. You frame your own human experience and then hope that that makes someone laugh or feel emotional or do... You know, What's or not feel bad about being a virgin until they're 23. <laughs> Does it help you? Is it cathartic? Is it therapeutic in some way to tell those stories? Yeah, I think so. I think it, it's, it normalizes a certain point of view where you connect with people. Like you say a weird thing about yourself that you should be embarrassed about, and then you get 10 people coming up after a show being like, oh, me too, yeah, I, I had something like that too. Yeah, but I couldn't do that. I couldn't get up. I mean, I have a microphone now right here. I could do yeah. this. I could do it every week if I wanted to. I, don't, I couldn't say all those things personal things about myself could you Alex? why not uh, yeah i mean you build, could yeah, yeah. <laughs> i find you don't have a problem with that vince would no. you building common ground through uh i mean as a comedy fan transparency is appreciated you know and the yeah, more transparency the better you're not afraid to laugh at yourself is but it know. takes a huge amount of courage i think to be like i think it takes a certain personality type like i'm not every time i get on stage i'm not like watch me be brave like i don't think it's like a noble <laughs> thing right i think so i think for some people it's a huge amount of courage and for some people i think it's just a weird way their brain was built that they are like this is how i need to interact with the world do and you so, feel like it's yourself you're talking about or it's a oh absolutely it's a version of yourself i think it's absolutely always a version of me because i feel like I don't know the people that do characters or talk about they kind of like make up a person like a Larry the Cable Guy I, okay. I don't connect with that as much because I'm even, like you're not actually living that life you're making up a person right but so when you get up and you're and you're yourself on stage that's mm -hmm. your real self that's not a persona that you've invented like oh my god my boyfriend just did this no make, usually every, everything I talk about certainly it can be like exaggerated or framed certain ways to be funnier because if I just was like here's my actual day no jokes that wouldn't be a good show but it's all versions it's all versions of the truth or things that happened to me and do you talk about your husband boyfriend girlfriends and whatever yeah I talk about like I usually run jokes by parents. my boyfriend but he's he met me by seeing me at an open mic, so he knew what he was in for. I was about to say, that's got to be really scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would not want to be... Yeah. That must be frightening. <laughs> right? Yeah. Doesn't he think that everything he does could be end up material? I mean, that's his problem if he's... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like anyone who's dating a singer or songwriter has to be worried that they're like, oh, cool, I'm just fuel for the next emotional song. <laughs> like... Is that Goodbye. right, Vince? Uh, I don't. I, How many I, exes I, have you written songs about? I, rare, I never ever write personal. I mean, from oh. personal oh, opinions, but never that's what from I'm like talking about. personal. Oh, like I I'm write metaphorically, or I write. I'll, I'll tell a story about somebody, but you it's just never said five seconds ago. You just said it's, you don't have a problem divulging personal stuff. Well, I don't, but not in my songs. I try to write well, bigger. How do you do it? I guess bigger than me, something better than me, more interesting than me. I guess. <laughs> right. That's yeah. what I would think. That would be. No. You know? Not with stand-up, it's all about you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Is it for everybody? I, There's no, some people think, who do, you know, political stuff. Or. I think you can do all of those things, but frame it through your own point of view. I just think that I can, like, have a more genuine connection if I'm like, this is how I am seeing this bigger issue. Right. Versus, like, the feeling of just, like, 
trying to take someone else's point of view or frame. I don't know. I only know what it's like. Well, it's still going to be your I point of view if you talked yeah, about politics or sports. And I do talk about other things. I don't only like say this is my day in my life. Right. <laughs> That'd be incredible if I could make that funny for this many years. So you have to, do you sit home at, uh, in a room and write stuff? Sometimes. I feel like I often more like take notes and then work it out on a mic. You do? Yeah. So you, you have an idea what, what you're going to say and you get up in front of an audience behind a microphone and you make it up. Yeah. Shit, but I have like an outline or a, when I was first started, I wrote basically little speeches of every exact word I would say. And it turns out those sound like little speeches right. that you're nervous to give. So now it's more conversational. Now, I, that, that really is brave. Well, thank, I'm glad you think that I'm a hero. I do. I'm, I, could you, I could not do it. It takes that. a lot of balls. Yeah. Or, could you or do guts, 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 guts. Sorry. Guts. I mean, I couldn't divulge. I couldn't divulge everything, but I mean, you know, uh, everyone knows I'm a weird cat guy. I have two cats. Kind of weird. <laughs> okay, that's I have nice. A, I have a comic to introduce you to who also has two cats. There was, I mean, the names probably aren't as cool as mine. Uh, cat, cat Damon. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Clever. Five, five and a half year old Tabby that's 18 and a half pounds. Okay. He's, he's a big boy. And then uh, Wiz Khalifa. Like Wiz Khalifa. Ah, Wiz Khalifa and Cat Damon. Yeah. I have to write those down. Hey, so it says on the, you know, they did send me some information about you here. Uh, if I can find it. It's got some sort of weird thing at the end. As well as saying you're the youngest guy who's working at Live Oh, the other weird things? Cool. Yeah, there's another <laughs> totally Shout out Ashley. Thing. Other than Cat Damon? It's a Guinness <laughs> record. It says that you're a purveyor of gilded dental wear. I'm glad I've stumped you. Maybe this they're referring to my uh, my recently Let's go my recent uh, root canal that I had, where I was I have a gold implant or whatever. You have a gold tooth. Yeah, like in the back. Well, the purveyor is someone who sells something, isn't it? I, I didn't write that, so I don't know. I know. I wonder what they're getting at. I, <laughs> I thought maybe idea. you sold gold teeth and we could go out with a bang here. I mean, if so, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I would love it. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I could be the, not the, the, the Cajun Jew. Who the Cajun Jew with the gold teeth. All gold teeth. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. We could call that. Sh- we could call the show today. Show that the Cajun Jew with gold teeth, if you want. I mean, yeah, the, ca- the Cajun Jew with gold teeth. That sounds like a nice murder mystery. You, can yeah. like you say with goals. That's fine. <laughs> okay, so I wonder who wrote this about you. Uh, someone at the someone at Live Nation who's the PR person, I guess. No, it's just probably around here somewhere. Okay. Well, you could ask her what she went. The purveyor of gilded. Yeah, usually it's a purveyor of fine spirits because I collect bourbon. That's you collect bourbon. Oh yeah, not to drink it, just to look at it. I drink it. That's but I collect it. You collect, collect it to it look to belly. drink it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the point of having it if you're not going to drink it and share it with people? To me, that's like is that called a collector? I think that's called an alcoholic. Uh, if you, I mean, uh, if you, I guess if I drank every day, maybe, but I'm, you don't drink it every day. No, absolutely not. Oh, you don't. No. So you just find expensive and or good I find hard bourbons. hard to find bourbon, and then you know I like to share it with friends. Okay, uh, that's cool. Where do you find hard to find bourbon? Um, you know, it's developing relationships with uh, you know stores and people, really? and yeah, you know. Hey, so do people bribe you to get gigs? No. They can send <laughs> you a bottle of expensive. Dude, I mean, they don't send no you a bottle no of expensive like, hey, bourbon. Would you like a okay, we have grill? <laughs> they don't send you a bottle of expensive bourbon and say, "Hey, what about booking my band?" Uh, I, the only thing I ever received is once at the Varsity Theater, a guy who didn't even include the name of his band sent me a twenty-dollar Chili's gift card. <laughs> That's nice. But yeah, I didn't even have Look the name of the up. band, so I was okay, like, "All right, well, I guess that's I guess that's why he's." 
you know. I don't even know who it was. Yeah. That was the Foo Fighters. A bribe that show. Dave Grohl said to me. Hey, before we get out of here, guys, I just want to thank Basic Swim and Gym for uh, making today's show possible. We can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. Basic Swim and Gym is next to the lingerie store Basics underneath on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. And thanks to the Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. Go to hdestroyer.com and write happy hour on the coupon code and get 30% off of Hangover Destroyer. And you too can seize the dawn. And thank you also to the Positive Vibrations Foundation who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. And if you'd like to be a member of our Patreon family for as little as $1 a month, you can be a part of Happy Hour's Patreon family. Just go to patreon.com and look for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And uh, Andrew Duhon is not here this week. He's going to be back in a couple of weeks. But you can go listen to his new record, False River. It's kind of like False Walls, except it's liquid. Sounds great. I'm <laughs> it's a great it album. Great. And you can find that anywhere you can steal music or you can even buy it. Shout out Josh Schaffner. He works with him. He does? Uh, yeah, Josh Schaffner from Royal Teeth is uh, a okay. music attorney. He works with ah, Andrew. Okay. Great record. That is a great record, isn't yeah. it? Hey, you should book Andrew there at the uh, Fillmore. Good idea. I, they're, they're, I, did you get his Chili's gift card? He did not give me a Chili's gift card. Are you sure that was? I mean, in, 2000, in 2018, <laughs> I think I'd probably prefer uh, TGI Fridays to get more bang from a buck. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Do we have a Friday? See, I don't even remember. I'm sure there's one in Metairie. Is it good? Is it still I, there? I don't know. But I've I'm, never been. Actually, we had an earphone still meeting there? one time. And maybe it was an Applebee's. Somewhere there was just ridiculous. There was an Applebee's in Harahan for sure. I went there There's after Katrina. It was the only it was thing. On vets. We went to yeah. one. Was it? Was something right was like the Houston's. most ridiculous specials and it was all just disgusting. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. why do we do oh, this? It is disgusting. Nine it meals even for funny. $22. It is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys, we've got to get out of here. Laura Sanders, thank you so much for being thank here. You. Where do we see you in the short, near term, I should say? Um, check out 504comedy.com. I have three shows this week and you can see me. Okay, this. 504comedy.com. And then yep. if you don't like me, you can see other comedians you like. <laughs> okay, well, that's a good point. And Vince Ebayer and Roman Dufard from Spylights. Spy we can find you at some Spylights music. We will be booking really soon, but I'd rather everybody come to this benefit we have at the Howlin' Wolf on Ooh. November 23rd. Glad we slipped that in. Give It Hell Promotions and 92.3 and Gnarly Barley and the Howlin' Wolf are all presenting a, a benefit for the panhandle for all the people affected oh, by the storm. For the hurricane. So on November 23rd, there's going to be eight bands and there's going to be, it's going to start at 8 o'clock and it's going to go all the way to midnight and we're going to raise some money for some people. Just tell us one more time the date and place. November 23rd at the Howlin' Wolf. It's going to be two rooms. I'm going to have both rooms. 23rd at the Howlin' Wolf. Friday okay, night. Thanks. Friday yeah. night. Okay. Alex Bond, thank you so much for being here. We thank look for forward to giving you. our free tickets to... You know, you're, more yeah, you're our VIP email, passes. Yeah, absolutely. We'll give you our email addresses at the end of the show. Perfect. I would love that. Community. And the Fillmore is open. It opens in, in uh, February fifteenth, two thousand nineteen. Correct. Okay. Yeah. In the well, meantime, check, in the meantime, check out uh, you know all the stuff we have at House of Blues <laughs> and uh, Varsity Theater and all right, all around the city. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Rock and roll. Thank have you. Have a great Thanksgiving, thank everybody. You, That's our show for today. Our producer is Graham DePonte. Our music producers are Christian Unruh and Monique Pyle. Thomas Walsh is our technical director. And Asher Griffith is our Facebook live feed director. We put this whole thing, hello, it's the phone. Put this whole thing on Facebook. And if you're listening to this as a podcast and you want to see it on Facebook, go to our It's New Orleans Facebook page and you can scroll down until you find it. Our theme music 
was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. And our fact checker and social media corrector is Andrew Searock. Searock, if you'd like to be on our show, you can stay upright for about 60 minutes while drinking alcohol. Drop us a line. Our address is on our website, itsneworms.com. We can also check out many other hours of happy hour that we recorded previously, as well as some other shows we make around here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tooker, and our award-winning podcast about death called Death the Podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook and a bunch of other time cycling social media as well, like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our It's New Orleans Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Jill Lafleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, thanks for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can follow us and get Happy Hour delivered each week. This show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hour is a production of Ino Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon and everyone else around the table here at Wayfair, back at our office at Ino Broadcasting, thank you for joining us. We're taking next week off because it's Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll be back here the week after that. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here then for more Happy Hour.